Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. I'm going to tell you the only joke I've heard, I guess, the last 15 years. I don't even know if it's a joke exactly. An old man, he's very old, he's like super old, with a severe headache, he goes to the doctor to check out what's going on, and they just can't tell what's wrong. And it's agonizing. The man, you know, has to stop working. It's, it's terrible. Eventually, they say they're going to have to do surgery. They actually cut open the head. And uh, to their great surprise, they see that it, the skull is empty. There is nothing inside of the skull, but a string going from one side to the other. And the doctors say that, or, or the surgeons, they say that, you know, it's pretty radical opening up a man's skull and not do anything inside of the skull. So they decide they have to cut the, the string, and they cut the string, and the old man's ears fall off. <laughs> I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from 89.3 KPCC in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Frederick Soroya of new wave disco band Data Rock. They're putting out a new album, and we'll be speaking with them later. But first, how about a little small talk? So, Rico, as far as I can tell, all the news this week was connected. All right. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't convince voters to pass his budget. Out here in California, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the original Terminator. I'm following you. And there's a new Terminator movie that's coming out this week. I knew you were going to say that. And that movie, it's about frightening evil cyborgs. All right. And Dick Cheney gave a speech this week. (laughs) You are so renditioned. (laughs) That's how I got this gig in the first place. Anyway, for some stories that aren't connected to the headlines, we talked to the folks at Marketplace. Jeremy Hobson, New York reporter. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, Air New Zealand has come up with the first ever matchmaking flight in the world. Really? Flying from where to where? From Los Angeles to Auckland, New Zealand, and singles will be on this flight, and they can mingle and then do whatever comes next. It doesn't seem like they've thought this one through. 13 hours. What if you get seated next to somebody you don't want to hang out with? Uh, For one thing, and conversely, you know, doing the walk of shame is bad enough. Try doing it on an airplane. (laughs) Phyllis Owens, commentary editor at Marketplace. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, a lot more Americans are going to be saying, what's it all about? (laughs) What, What are you talking about? Well, a lot of students are going to Canada to go to college. Why? Because it's a lot cheaper than here. Great universities, great campuses, and a whole lot cheaper. You know, I always thought of Canada as college anyway. You just... <laughs> okay. No, because in Canada, you just, you know, they like beer, they like donuts, and they have free health care, and they don't have to worry about the future. <laughs> and pot's basically legal. Stacey Vanek-Smith, senior reporter, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, the British courts have been wrestling with the question of whether or not Pringles is a potato chip. Weird. Who cares? They care because um, in Britain they charge a tax on potato chips, which would mean that Pringles would owe them a couple hundred million dollars. Pringles is actually saying that they're not a potato chip because they're only actually 42% potato. By which measure my couch has higher potato content than Pringles. (laughs) Don't move it to England. And now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like a history donut stuffed with booze instead of jelly. (laughs) Gross. But first, the history. This week back in 1856, politicians Preston Brooks and Charles Sumner made history. Now, the folks at your dinner party might guess these guys got together and sponsored a law or something. 
Our friend Michelle Philippi is here to tell us that nothing could be further from the truth. The first battle of the Civil War was fought in the U.S. Senate. Here's the background. Kansas had just become a state. Now Kansas had to decide whether to allow slavery. Abolitionists and pro-slavery forces from other states moved in and started attacking each other. People called the showdown Bleeding Kansas. Now, Massachusetts Senator Charles Sumner hated slavery, and the violence inspired him to deliver a speech in the Senate. It took two days, during which he outraged most of the slave-owning South, particularly South Carolina. He accused the state of, quote, shameful imbecility and mocked its Senator Stutter. South Carolina Representative Preston Brooks wasn't a big fan of Sumner's speech, especially because that stuttering senator was his cousin. Brooks figured the disrespect had to be avenged. Two days later, while Sumner sat in the Senate chamber writing letters, Brooks walked up and beat him over the head with a thick wooden cane. Sumner tried to protect himself, but Brooks kept at it until Sumner blacked out and the cane broke. Later, Brooks' admirers sent him replacement canes. One was inscribed with the phrase, hit him again. Brooks got fined 300 bucks for the assault. He was re-elected the following term. Sumner took three years to recover, and by the time he returned to the Senate, Brooks had died. They wouldn't have had to serve together long anyway, though. Five years after the beating, the actual Civil War began. That was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm on the line with Jackson Cannon. He is the bar manager at Eastern Standard in Boston. Jackson, you heard the history. What cocktail does that inspire you to make? Well, it's tough to make light of something that's probably the most diabolical act of violence in Senate history. But um, <laughs> This was not a softball. This was an unusual but a very rewarding assignment, I got to tell you. You know, it got me thinking a little bit about what this attack was about. It was not really about honor. It was about violently protecting the institution of slavery. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make a cocktail that uh, kind of segued from that to the positive side. So I came up with the abolitionists old-fashioned. Okay. By this time, you could order uh, an old-fashioned cocktail. But I decided to use uh, some local ingredients and base it on rum, which there's a long New England tradition of imbibing. Mm -hmm. um, using Hurricane Rum, uh, a brand that's made on Nantucket today. And so that hurricane is not a pun on the cane that uh, Brooks used to beat Sumner. I thought you might go there, but yeah, no, I hadn't intended it, but, uh, but there we are. You okay, know. we're here. Yes, yeah, so first we take uh, a sugar cube mm -hmm. and soak that with Angostura bitters and then our house-made orange bitters. And we use a touch of charged water to just break that sugar cube up, and we use a muddler to do that. What, what is charged water? Uh, soda water. Oh, okay. That sounds cooler than soda. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Just a dash of that, and then we mount a couple ounces of that hurricane rum over it, mm -hmm. give that a good stir on the ice, float a little bit of an orange liquor Napoleon over the top, then we just put a little orange twist and enjoy. It's very simple. And it's uh, beaten, not stirred? Um, you know, it, it really isn't fun trying to make light of this awful act. I have to confess, I thought maybe your editor was really trying to stick it to you and or me by handing us this particular event in history. Gee, Brendan, I believe your editor is you. <laughs> Exactement. Oh my God, you are in trouble. I totally docked myself a month's pay. Wow. Zero dollars. <laughs> exactly. Fortunately for me, it's your turn to not have any money to buy beer tonight. Oh, well. And you, audience, are welcome to not write us an email. Our address is dinnerparty at kpcc.org.
Our guests of honor this week are Norway's Data Rock. I am here with band members Kettle 2 and Rocksteady Freddy. They are beloved worldwide for their very fun disco pop. Uh, I should note they are wearing their trademark red tracksuits. <laughs> Freddy, so Data Rock's known as this internet phenomenon, but that's actually kind of ironic, correct? Our career started totally opposite of an internet career. The scene that we were part of was tied in with a vinyl community, sort of. Very analog. Yeah, extremely analog. And this was a long time ago. The first 10-inch was supposed to be released in 2000, and this was recorded on a very poor equipment, like sounded terrible, a 10-inch vinyl. And uh, I guess after less than a year, we started doing shows abroad. Because the same people who are really interested in vinyl would be interested in internet communities and uh, in, uh, online networking. and Just geeks by a different name. Exactly, man. like, you know, various forms of geekiness. All right, well, actually, speaking of geekiness, I wanted to play a cut off the new album. It is called True Stories. Houses in motion. Now, astute listeners will note, those lyrics are all lifted directly from various talking head songs from the 70s and 80s. Clearly, American music from that era has a huge influence on your sound. What do you think you're adding to it that's Norwegian, if anything? Our perspective. Like we, it's weird, right? We're very much inspired by music from very far away in time and space. And of course, with that kind of distance, you have to have some element that ties you together with what you're inspired by. And for us, that was humor. We're emphasizing certain aspects from back then that everybody can laugh at. So we have stupid red tracksuits, and uh, we jump around stage, and we're really funny. <laughs> so that's the Norwegian element. And I understand that. I've been to Norway, and I do find, just in general, the sense of humor is fantastic. Although what I think most people know Norway musically for, uh, other than AHA, is black metal, which ironically has, is completely humorless. <laughs> to be honest, I started playing music in 1988, 1989, inspired by stuff like Metallica and that sort of stuff, which everybody did back then. So we actually come sort of from the same scene, and we've known those guys since then. <laughs> That's cool and unexpected. Um, we asked two questions on the show of everybody who comes on. The first is, what question are you most sick of being asked? Where does the idea of the red tracksuits come from? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think to ask you that. I just figured, like, it's like you said, it's kind of a humorous comment on the, the ridiculousness of the 80s culture, yes? Why are you asking us this question? We're sick of it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, tell us something that we don't know, something no one at our dinner party has heard before. Uh, the guy who's now going to talk is known as Kettle 2 in the context of Data Rock, but he is also a prominent, award-winning jazz musician, Shetil Muster. Really? Yeah. In 2006, I was awarded the International Jazz Talent of the Year in New York City by Chick Corea before playing a show with him. By Chick Corea? Yeah. What, what do you play? Saxophone. How, how do the other folks in the jazz community see this project? I think they're very envious. <laughs> wow, this, so this proves that Norway really is a perfect democracy. Really, why is that? Well, the fact that Data Rock did not become a blood sacrifice for their black metal brethren, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty profound. That is, 
This is really true. It's a melting pot. <laughs> it's a melting cauldron. <laughs> of nerds and metalheads. Like my homeroom. <laughs> We've got links to more Deterock stuff at dinnerpartydownload.com. So we've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we pose as journalists so people will feed us. And it works every time. It's a beautiful thing. Rico, uh, fusion cuisine, as we know, has been popular since the 70s. True. But a new restaurant in L.A. is taking this to a whole different level. All right. Uh, hit me with it. Uh, they're fusing barbecue with records. Oh, vegans aren't going to like this. Exactly. Vinyl is murder, Brendan. <laughs> Actually, it's a barbecue joint with a record store attached. It's called Territory. Yeah. And uh, I stopped by the other day and I spoke with one of their cooks, Jed Mayhew, and asked him what was on their menu. Well, we have uh, all the staples like uh, collard greens, macaroni and cheese, coleslaw, potato salad, all done very like old school picnic style. There's nothing fancy in anything. There's no... Uh, there's no turmeric anywhere or gi- ginger or anything like that. So Barbecue and records are two things that people like, uh, original, authentic, and straight up. Why, why do you think that is? Well, the thing that's funny is someone said this the other night. They said, well, you guys uh, open two things that everyone thinks they're experts on. So uh, get ready for everyone to have an opinion on what you're doing. Everybody thinks they know the best barbecue. Everybody thinks they know the best records or, or, or the best bands. Everyone knows everything about all of it. So with that in mind, how are you guys making the barbecue here? No flame, no sauce, almost dry. But I make sauces for people that do want to do that, and you come in and you put the sauce on yourself. So. All right, so the concept behind this restaurant kind of begs the question, what's your favorite dish here, and what record would you pair it with? Uh, well, for me, it's all about ribs. It's always been my favorite thing is always uh, baby back ribs. So I would do uh, baby back ribs with electric mud by Muddy Waters. And that's because, you know, he electrified and went kind of psychedelic. And I feel like the ribs, if you wore them like across your chest, like a bullet belt, that would be kind of the same thing. (laughs) All right. Well, it occurs to me that both meat and vinyl are two things that no longer need to be part of the modern diet. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're in the land of uh, smoothies and iPods. So we're uh, serving meat and vinyl. Is that, is that an act of defiance? Yeah, I think it's like uh, punk rock or whatever, where, where you just sort of, no matter what anyone says, you're against that. I know, but see, that's what happens. If this place comes too popular, I'm going to have to just be against this. No, I'm completely against it already. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. I don't know what I did wrong. BBQ and records. So basically, these guys are monitoring my fantasies <laughs> and recreating them in reality. It sounds like it, man. It's magical. They're obviously not monitoring my fantasies. Yeah. Or they would have like a gin and nap shop or something. <laughs> gin and bunk beds. And that's the dinner party download for this week. To keep up with us between episodes, we deliver daily dinner party fodder on Twitter. You can follow us at Dinner Party, D-N-L-D. And you can also catch us on the Arts and Culture Show Off-Ramp, hosted by John Raby and Queena Kim. You'll find that at kpcc.org. Thanks this week to our researcher, Jessica Dial. And we leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. And this week, after 16 years, Australia's The Luxmiths announced they are breaking up. Very sad, which means no more clever songs like this one. It's from their album Warmer Corners, and it's called The Chapter in Your Life, entitled San Francisco. Bon appetit.
Is it April yet? I forget sometimes how slowly summer passes. You disappeared into departures only half a year ago. It seems like so much more, you know. Should it one day come to pass that you sit down to your memoirs? Where will this go? Chapter in your life inside of San Francisco. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And this is not my beautiful house. This ain't no fooling around. It's nothing but flowers. Qu'est-ce que c'est?